this week, I, I want to speak about something that's been on my heart actually for, for a, lo- a, a, a long time. And it's a, it's a subject that is sensitive. It's a subject that is a really personal. It's a subject for some people, you know what, in their season, it may be something that I prepare for or I look back on or that you're right in the middle of it and this is really going to help you. And I want to speak to you in the title today, Reignite Your Marriage. Reignite Your Marriage. And it's time to center Jesus again. So who is this for? Well, this message is for those who are married, for those who are preparing for marriage. This is also for those who may be divorced or widowed, and this may be an opportunity for you to receive this for your children or for your friends around you or for the marriages that are in your circle of influence that you can use to encourage. Maybe you know marriage is not on your radar right now. Maybe you're like, I'm a far away from that, but this could be Maybe a message and a word that you can receive to prepare yourself for that, to get ready for the marriage that's going to come, but also for God just to open up your heart and mind and to receive maybe a word that you can share and speak into another marriage that is around you. And I've just been really sensing and feeling for marriages because marriages and relationships in general have really had such an incredible, tense, testing and difficult time in these past two years. And for many, it's caused damage. For many, it's caused division. And within those gaps, there's been full of tension. For many, it's removed any sense of intimacy or romance where it can feel like at times as a married couple that like you, your, your roommates almost together, like sharing the same house and lost that kind of the closeness and the intimacy that you used to have together. And what I believe from God is I believe that God wants to reignite your marriage. I believe that God wants to bring a freshness and a newness into your marriage. I believe that God wants to stoke the embers of the fire and the passion that you used to have for one another, that you will be on fire for one another. That, that you would have that experience, that renewal. You would experience God restore your marriage. And you may be like, Sean, you know what? We're good. But, but what happens if you could be better than just good? That you could actually have a marriage where that, it, that continues to grow and thrive and create memories and moments. And I'm very aware today that I'm not just speaking for you. I'm speaking for your children. Because my story and my testimony is this, that my parents were in the middle of a separation. They were in the middle of completely their their marriage falling apart. And Jesus reignited their marriage. Jesus restored their marriage within the context of church. And it's only because of Jesus that I'm not a son of divorce. It's only because of Jesus that my path and my trajectory could have been in a completely different way, but instead I'm a son of the Father, I'm a son of renewal, I'm a son of restoration, I believe that for your children's future, it is so important that your marriage is healthy, that your marriage is strong, that your marriage is centered on Jesus and your children will be able to stand on the shoulders of your marriage, that they'll be able to see a picture of what a marriage should be like and they'll have vibrant relationships that they would have healthy relationships but relationships that are centered 
on Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so, really, what I wanted to also remind you of is to remind you that you do love one another. To remind you that you are for one another. To bring you back to that place where you first fell in love. To bring you back to that moment where you stood at the altar and you made the commitment, till death do us part. To bring you back to that place to reignite that love and the passion inside of you. Because if we were to be honest, all of the stuff and the stress and the busyness and the demands from our career and our children and our financial demands, it just it muddies the waters. You ever feel like that? It just muddies the water. It gets in our space. It just gets in that. And, and sometimes we can't even pinpoint what it is. Sometimes we can't even describe what it is. But it, it just gets in our space. And I just want to encourage you today that even the strongest of marriages have been struggling. You are not alone. And you are not on your own. It, it, it is not something that is just because I know what it's like. Sometimes you can think, is it just us? Is it just me? But even the strongest of marriages have struggled. You know, personally, for myself and Gillian, um, we're married now uh, in our 15th year of marriage. We got married when I was about 12 years old, as you can see. <laughs> and uh, in these past two years, I've been very vulnerable and transparent. We have had some incredibly difficult times within our marriage. When you're locked up in your home and isolated and it's January 2021 and it's dark and it's raining and you got three kids at home and you got a uh, house school, two of them, you're like, yeah, that affects your marriage, hey? That, that impacts things. Not only that, just the, the normal daily demands. We've had times where we've been constantly bickering and fighting at one another. We've had times where I have just failed to see her to hear her because my, my focus is on the busyness of life. We've had times we've both just lost each other, you know, in the, in the midst of everything else that's going on. And we have had to intentionally work on our marriage. We have had to intentionally almost fight for our marriage. And part of that is, is bringing in wise counsel. Part of that has been bringing in other people and, and that are professionally uh, like-minded and psych, um, studied in psychology, but also those who are you know, further ahead of us, more experienced, to speak into our marriage, to speak life into our marriage. You know what? It's been really difficult because you've had, we've had to own up to a lot of things that we've been doing wrong. You know, it's been hard to say, that was my mistake even when I don't feel like it was my mistake. It's, it's hard to say I'm sorry when you don't feel like I should say I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what's so important? We've had to fight for our marriage because above all elder things, above church, above my children, above my own wants and needs, Jillian is my number one. And everything else can fail and fall away, but I am with her. She is my number one till death do us part. And I just want to encourage you today. Firstly, you are not alone. Secondly, if you are married and you're here, remember how much you love one another. Remember that moment that you decided, I, I, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And, and those of you who, 
who may be like you're preparing for marriage, you're in the midst of that. For those of you who may be looking back and you may be like doing a, so, a, you know, an analysis of the way things are, but you can also use that to speak into the marriages of others. I believe that God wants to reignite our marriages. That when other people look upon the church and the people in the church, they'll be able to see an example of a healthy and wholesome marriage. They'll be able to see an example of a Jesus-centered marriage. They'll be able to see an example of a marriage that's on fire for one another. Why? Because we've got the love of Jesus within our lives and within our marriage. And my prayer for you today is that even right now, that Jesus would reignite your marriage. Stir up that fire. Bring a freshness, a newness, a vibrancy within you. You know, most marriages begins by attraction, by chemistry, by two individuals kind of liking each other and getting together and begin going out and dating. And then that dating becomes engagement. That engagement becomes that day, that moment that you build up and prepare for. It's your wedding day. And then... Then after the honeymoon period, which always finishes, you've got, you've got normal life. The pressures, the demands, children comes, the career comes, the busyness comes. And what can happen is there becomes, we're from that day that you made the decision that we're going to come together and join together. That, that's what marriage is. It's a union. Two become one. And what happens when all the pressures of life and the cracks begin to show in the foundation of the marriage what happens is you begin to become feeling like you grow distant you begin to feel like something gets in our space and all of a sudden that marriage that union that united front begins to experience a small bit of separation now now it, it may not get to the point where you divorce or you separate officially but it can come to the point where you're sleeping in the same bed but feel further apart than ever before. And what we see in the contrast to this, and this is the good news, that the Bible, God's word, gives us an example of a healthy and strong marriage. In fact, one of the scriptures that is key is Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You see, when Jesus is at the center of our marriage, when Jesus is the foundation, our union becomes unbreakable. It is not quickly or easily broken. We may experience crisis and life and difficulty. Everything may come against us. Everything may come between us because Jesus is at the center. Our union is unbreakable. Hey, in our 14 years of marriage, there has been so many times where it could have caused us to separate and become distant. But because of Jesus, only for Jesus, only for holding on to him, it's, it's allowed us to grow stronger, not grow apart. It's allowed us to grow together, not grow distant. Because we brought our marriage, surrendered it to God and said, God, we need you. Our union becomes unbreaking. I believe that Jesus wants you to center Jesus again in your marriage, to reignite your marriage, that your marriage is strong. See, the key to a healthy and strong marriage is to keep Jesus at the center. That is the key. That is the focus. And as I was preparing this, this message and this word, I felt to speak to, to those of you who maybe your husband, your wife, 
your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your fiance is not yet a believer. And in my many years of being a pastor, I've come across this quite a lot. And there's, especially when it's coming close to being serious or committed or either getting close to marriage or being in marriage. And maybe, maybe for you, it's not that they're not a believer, but maybe your partner, your spouse is struggling in their walk with God. Maybe their faith could be described as one that is lukewarm, that's dying. And I want to speak to you from Scripture just for a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 12. It says, If a Christian man has a wife who is not a believer, and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. Verse 13. And if a Christian woman has a husband who is not a believer, and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. Here's what the encouraging verse is. For the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage. And the Christian husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. Isn't that an incredible scripture? Hey, one of you in the marriage may be struggling right now. Where two are gathered, they can defend themselves. You bring holiness to your marriage. Think about that for a moment. You bring holiness to your marriage. To, to know your, your role is not to convince them, not to convict them, not to convert them. Your role is to bring the presence of Jesus into your marriage. That, that when, you, when the Holy Spirit is living and active in you and you're going after the things of God and your spouse, your partner is not a believer or, or, or is not on that journey yet, you bring holiness to your marriage. I want to encourage you today. I want to speak into your life today. I don't want you to leave here today feeling like a condemnation, feeling like, you know what, I'm not a good husband or wife, or feeling like in any way, but you know what, feeling hope, feeling that there is hope that Jesus can reignite my marriage. Jesus can prepare me that as I set out in my relationship, he can help me bring holiness into my marriage that my children will thrive. My children will grow up in the midst of that and the next generation will be blessed because of Jesus in my life. And so as we get into the word today and we ask the question, what does the Bible say about living a Jesus-centered marriage? I want to bring our attention to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 2. If you've got your Bibles on your phones with you, turn with me there. Of course, the scripture is on the screen. I want to set the foundation for this first by looking at verses 1 to 2. And the writer, the Apostle Paul, he writes these words. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. And I love, as he's writing to the church, that he takes the time to write about marriages. Why? Because... The church may be strong and reaching people and pursuing God, but if marriages are not strong and healthy, the church is not going to be built on a strong foundation. The families, it's about the families and marriages and relationships being strong. He says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us. And offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Jesus' love for us led him to sacrifice himself so that we may live. What does the first verse say? Imitate God, therefore. It also says, follow the example of Christ. In marriage, 
our love should be of the same kind. Love is about sacrifice. Once you love one another, you are willing to sacrifice. It goes beyond affection. It even goes beyond your words and your promises. It is a sacrifice that you have for one another. In verse 2 in the message translation, it says it like this. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. It's a love marked by giving, not by getting. It is love like that. This is how we love. Love is about sacrificing my wants and needs so that your needs can be met. Love is about giving up myself so that I can give more of myself to you. So this is the foundation of a marriage, a Jesus-centered marriage. Where the love for one another is a sacrifice, the two becoming one. I'm giving up myself so that I can be closer to you. So I'm setting the foundation. Verse 1 and 2. We're going to skip forward to verses 21 forward. And we look at some of the most crucial scriptures ever written on marriage. And I believe they're some of the most misinterpreted scriptures in marriage. But they are so important, so life-giving, with the focus being on love. Ephesians 5 verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, to submit to one another and to love one another are interlinked. To submit is out of love. To submit is not out of duty. But it is out of love. And notice what it says. That submit to one another. To submit is an act of love. It comes from love. And this scripture has been so wrongly communicated. Because it's communicated as this. Some are to submit. And some are to lord over those who submit. Some are to give up their life and their role and their responsibilities. And the other is to rule over. But listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 22 verse 25. In this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. You see, we submit to one another, not one submits to another. It's a mutual submission. It is two becoming one. It is two making a sacrifice. It is an out of an act of a love. Just like Christ gave himself for the church, one another gives each other for each other. It is a union that is unbreakable. And if we want to lead in our marriage, we need to submit in order to serve. We need to give our life so that I can give my life to you. In Ephesians 5 verse 22 and 23, continuing on. For wives... Right? This is looking at the role between both of us. This means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. So in marriage, both are called to submit to one another. For the wife, this means willingly following her husband's leadership. However, Submission does not mean giving away your entire rights, responsibilities, your entire uh, preferences, your priorities, where the ultimate authority is given to the man. That is not what the scripture says. That is not what we believe as a church. That is not 
what we believe. Okay, you hear me reiterating that, saying that again. Submission is an invitation to lead. Submission is an invitation to lead. Submission is the wife saying to the husband, you lead. Now, how is the husband called to lead? Well, for the husband to lead, it means putting aside all of their own wants, all of their own interests, all of their own desires in order to give towards the wife and the family. And it is our responsibility as husbands to imitate Jesus, to be filled with the love of Jesus. It is our responsibility as husbands that that union is unbreakable with Jesus at the center. In Ephesians 5 verse 23 The message translation says the husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. We're not called to dominate our wives. We're called to cherish our wives. Verse 25 and 26 continue. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. To make her holy, clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. What did Jesus do for the church? He sacrificed himself. He was stripped naked, beaten, flogged, put on the cross, crucified, executed, tortured for the church. And Jesus says, through Paul here, we see God says, Husbands, that is how you are to lead your wife. (laughs) That is how you're to lead your wife, by giving yourself for your wife, by sacrificing for yourself for the wife, to lead with sacrificial sacrificial love. What does that look like in the practical way? That means I'm giving up my wants for your needs. I'm giving up my desires so that your desires can be met. I'm giving up everything that I want and wish that all I want to spend my time on, spend my money on, all that I want. I'm giving up all of that so that your needs can be met. Who would love to be in a marriage like that? Come on. Who would love? Wives, who would love to be led by, by that? Who would love a husband that says that, does that? Now, I've still not met that husband, right? Nor am I that husband. I'm not saying I am in any way that example. Jesus is the example, okay? Jesus is the one that we want to be like. Jesus is the one that we want to live like. And continues on. Verse 27, 28. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Now, what's really interesting about this, because I know that many of you have heard this scripture before, that Paul devotes twice as many words in the scripture about the husband leading his wife about the wife submitting to her husband but yet we put a different emphasis and traditional church has put a different emphasis and the role and the responsibility you see that we what we read right at the very beginning a jesus-centered marriage is one which is of love sacrificial love where both submit to one another but here's the the difference the wife is called to sacrificially love. The husband is called to die. The husband is called 
to die. I give up my life so that I can be with you. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow my desires, my wants, my needs. I'll tell you, this is the hardest thing a husband and man will ever do. I'm called to die. I'm called to lay my life down for you. If I was to make a call right now and say for your children, for your wife, would you take their place and would you die for them? Would you give your life for them? Like if, if there was a moment that you were in a scenario you were to give your life, you say yes. But you know, it's a lot harder to live that out day after day, hour by hour. Face when you come to a decision that you need to make and you know what, you make the decision that's more about yourself than for your wife and your children. We as husbands are called to die. And right now, we are seeing that marriage is falling apart at a higher rate, a greater rate than ever before. You know where a lot of the, the uh, separation of marriages is happening? Within the church. Christian marriages, affairs happening, separation happening, a lack of intimacy, where it feels like the two are living together, but you know what? We're living separate. And I believe that Jesus wants to wants to bring this word that, to reignite your marriage again. It's time to center Jesus again. And it begins by the two coming together as one, sacrificing, submitting to one another. But as husbands, as men, leading the way. Leading the way. What are husbands called to do? When we look at the scripture, how a husband should love his wife. Firstly, be willing to sacrifice everything for her. To die to himself. To place her well-being first above his own and to care for her above himself. It's a love marked by giving, not by getting. It's a love marked by giving, not by getting. The key to a healthy and strong marriage is keeping Jesus at the center. And let me bring it back one more time. Those of you who are here, those of you watching online as we're recording this, those of you who are maybe have other marriages around you and you know maybe your friends, maybe your family members in the middle of a separation, having gone through a divorce, maybe in the middle of a marriage and it's struggling. Hey, you bring holiness to your marriage. If you've got children and you guys are separated and you're walking through it, you bring holiness to your children. God will give you the grace to lead your family. God will give you the grace to restore your relationship with him. You restore your relationship with your spouse. You, doesn't mean that you may be married again, but it means that you're able to walk forward with forgiveness and repentance and walk forward for your children and for your family. I want to encourage you, keep Jesus at the center. As I finish, I want to just give you, leave you with some very practical ways that we can center Jesus in our marriages, that we can apply on Monday on very... You know me if you've been hearing me preach for any amount of time. You know, it's great to preach great inspirational messages, but it's more important to preach applicable, practical messages. So what does this look like? How can we place Jesus at the center? The greatest way that a marriage, a relationship, those who are preparing, who are present, who may be preparing in the future, not even met, met your, your husband, your wife, those who are maybe looking back on a marriage but can encourage your children, encourage those around you. The best way to grow together is to grow in Jesus together. 
The best way for you to grow in your relationship with that cord of three strands is to share your relationship with Jesus together. So I want to share with you five practical ways that we can do this. Firstly is pray together. Very, very simple. Hey, it can be difficult when it's been out of practice just to, hey, let's just spend a few moments and pray for your wife or pray for your husband. Pray together. Pray every day. Pray for every situation. Pray for your children. Pray for your family. Pray for your finance. Pray for your future. If you've got worries, concerns, anxieties, Philippians 4 verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about Everything, tell him what you need. Thank you for what he's done. Pray over your your spouse. Pray over them. Pray with them. Pray for them. Pray together. Here's the second thing is read together. Encourage you, choose a Christian book. And I believe that that, that's important. Of course, it doesn't mean to stay away from any other book. I'm just saying if you're beginning this out, I want to like reignite our marriage. Choose a Christian book, a life-giving book that may be centered on marriage, centered on parenting, centered on your individual life, maybe looking at psychology and God's word. Pray, uh, read the book together and commit to reading it at the same time. Buy two books if you have to. And take the time to go on a journey where we are growing together, investing in our relationship. And whether it's at dinner or when the kids have gone to bed or early in the morning, discuss what did you read? What did you learn? What did you take from that? Here's the third thing. Listen to worship and teaching together. I can't emphasize enough the importance of waking up in the morning or during a time that it's quiet in your home and playing worship. And even if the two of you are together and it's the busyness and doing chores or telling the kids what to do or putting to the bed, when there's worship in the background and you're worshiping together, it's just like something changes in the atmosphere. Something changes in the environment where you are welcoming Jesus into your home. Here's the other thing. You can listen together. Podcasts. Hey, these are our phones that we have. Spotify, iTunes, podcasts that, that we have access to some incredible teaching. Myself and Jillian, we love listening to podcasts and we'll come together and we'll say, did you hear that? What did you think about that? What did you learn from that? And just you're, you're, you have relevance with one another. You have this because I know what it's like. It can be so separate at times, but have a conversation together. Read together. Listen to worship and teaching together. Fourthly, devote time together. Devote time together. Create a space where you sit and talk about what's going on with you spiritually. To ask honestly and openly, where are you with God? What are you sensing from God? What are you hearing from God? To openly, honestly say, hey, I'm struggling right now. I try to read the Bible and it's just like the words, I don't see them. They're gone. I'm bored. I I can't see it. Bring that into your space. Be able to have that, to share your space together spiritually. For, for us in our marriage and relationship, you know, Jillian is the one who will share with me what she senses on her heart that God is saying for our marriage time and time again. As I'm getting ready to go out, to fly, to ask people, I'm nervous ex- uh, and excited, but also apprehensive. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, she'll say, hey, this is what God's saying, to encourage you in. This is what I feel God's saying. Come together, devote that time together. In your relationship. Here's the fifth thing. Attend together. Attend church together. And the enemy, his goal is to separate and cause division. And how will we do that? Heap on more busyness, more distraction, more weight. 
Well, you know, we didn't get around to that. We can't do that. But it is so important, like so many couples are here today, to attend together, to be in a moment of worship together, to hear the word together, to have your children in kids' church. Hey, I know some of you, you serve once, twice a month, but it's so important that you're creating a time to be together in worship. I know it may not always be ideal. Myself and Jill, we got four kids. and You know, it's very rare that we're together in worship. So we got to work hard on the other four. We got to work hard in developing our relationship together and surrounding ourselves with other people, getting to create even moments we're in worship together. But so important, attend together. Maybe you set out in 2022 and you say, you know what? We're going to set a priority. Every Sunday morning is date morning date morning. I, I drop my kids off. I come. I sit away from them for a while. I get to enjoy worship. I get to sit down for a while. I get a free tea and coffee afterwards. The only thing I'm missing is a hot meal. It's a cheap date, but it's a good day. Hey, every Sunday morning. I, I'm not saying that to get you to come to church, right? I'm not saying that as in the form of a pastor, a leader, to get people to come to church. I'm saying that because if you want to keep Jesus at the center, attend together. Devote time together. I'm telling you, you did that every single week or every second week or whatever according to your schedule and time and availability. I'm telling you, you're building and you're building and you're building and week after week and month after month, you're growing stronger together. I believe today it's time to reignite your marriage. Singles, listen to me. Before you've even entered into marriage, make the decision today. I'm going to give Jesus my marriage. I'm going to give him my future husband, my future wife. I'm believing right now. I'm not preparing to find the best person. I'm preparing to be the best person that God has called me to be. Believing that God will bring someone into my life. A Jesus-centered marriage. And when we just close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment. As a church, I want to encourage us to live Jesus-centered marriages. Why? Because our children's future depends on it. That our children will grow up. You know what? It's not to hide the arguments, to hide the tension. They need to see sometimes real marriages and what really happens in relationships but that we make sure that we are visible in our love for one another. We are visible in our love for Jesus. It's one of the greatest pieces of advice, advice I've received recently from marriage counseling. Your children see the movie that goes on between you. I want you to fight for your marriage. For your children to see love between you. Authentic love. Maybe your children have grown up. They're out of the home. Maybe you haven't always displayed that example. I just pray to God, God, I, I repent. We repent together of all the, how we led our life and marriage and family. Maybe not always at the right way and the right time and the right moment. You know, God, we surrender that to you and we ask that you would just redeem our marriage. Lord, I just pray that you would help us even in this time and the the mature season, the, the rest of the years that we have, just, God, for you to reignite our marriage. Our children, 
We're growing up to see, hey, we're not perfect people. We know we can always come back to him. And for those of us who are here today, and maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and lived a Jesus-centered life. I want to just do one thing for a moment is ask you to pray with me. Very simple prayer and praying these words with me. And just say, Jesus, I give you my life. Will you be the center of my life? I am a sinner. I've done wrong. I've messed up. Will you forgive me? I believe today that I am forgiven. That I am set free. By your grace, I am saved. In Jesus' name.